Section 77 of Through Fairy Halls of My Bookhouse. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Through Fairy Halls of My Bookhouse, edited by Olive Beaupre Miller. The Six Swans, a German Fairy Tale. Once upon a time, a king went to hunting in a great wood, and he pursued a wild boar so eagerly that none of his people could follow him. Never once did he stop to look about him until nightfall, and then he found he had quite lost his way. As he was searching for a path, he suddenly saw before him an ugly old woman, and she was a witch, though the king did not know it. "'Good dame,' said the king, "'can you show me the way out of the wood?' "'Oh, yes, my lord king,' she answered, "'but on one condition, and if you do not fulfill it, you shall never get home again.' "'What is the condition?' asked the king. "'I have a daughter,' said the old dame, "'as fair as any in the world, "'and if you will promise to make her your queen, "'then and then only will I lead you safely out of the forest.' "'Well, the king was in such a fix, "'he knew not what else to do. "'So he consented, and the old witch "'led him straight off to her hut. "'There sat her daughter by the fire, "'but though she was very beautiful, "'she did not please the king.' He could not even look at her without an inward shudder. Nevertheless, as he had promised, he took her before him on his horse. The old woman showed him the way, and soon he was safely back in his castle. Now the king had been married before, and already had seven beautiful children, whom he loved better than all the world. But he knew well enough that this strange new queen would be only too likely to do them some mischief, so he took them secretly and hid them away, in a lonely castle deep in the midst of a wood. The road to this place was so hard to find that the king himself would never have found it, had it not been for a certain clue of yarn that unrolled itself when he threw it down before him and showed him the way through the forest. Now the king went so often to see his dear children that the queen was displeased at his absence. She grew curious and wanted to know why he so often went out alone. So she gave herself no rest until she discovered the secret of the clue. Then she made some little white shirts, and sewed in each one a charm she had learned from her mother. And when the king next rode a-hunting, she took the little shirts and the ball of yarn and went off into the wood. Sure enough, the yarn showed her the way, and there she came to the hidden castle. When the children saw someone in the distance coming towards them, they thought it was their dear father and ran jumping for joy to meet him. But the wicked witch threw over each as he drew near one of the little shirts, and immediately they were no longer youths, but changed into swans that mounted up into the air and flew, soaring over the treetops. Then the queen went home laughing hideously to think she was rid of the troublesome children. But it happened that the little maid had not run out with her brothers, so the queen knew nothing at all about her. She had seen what had happened from the window and all day long she went sorrowfully about, picking up the feathers that had dropped from her brother's wings in the courtyard. But when night came on, she said to herself, I must stay here no longer. I shall go and seek for my brothers. So she fled away farther still into the wood. She went on all that night, and the next day until she could go no longer for weariness. At last she saw a rude hut before her. In she went and found there a room with six little beds and six chairs and six plates and knives on the table. So she guessed that this might be the place where her brothers were staying, and she crept under one of the beds to wait and see what would happen. 
when it was near the time of sunsetting she heard a rustling sound and behold six handsome white swans came flying in at the window they alighted on the ground and blew at one another until they had blown all their feathers off then they stripped off their swan skins as though they had been shirts the maiden knew them at once for her brothers and crept gladly from under the bed the brothers too were overjoyed to see their sister but even as they embraced her they cried alas we can stay with you one little quarter of an hour for that length of time every evening we keep our human shapes but after that we are changed again into swans can nothing be done to free you cried their little sister weeping oh no they replied the work would be too hard for you for six whole years you would be obliged never to speak or laugh and you would have during that time to spin weave and make six shirts out of astrodown if you were to let fall a single word before the work was ended all would be lost just as the brothers finished speaking the quarter of an hour came to an end they changed into swans and flew out of the window at this the maiden made up her mind on the spot to set her brothers free no matter what it might cost her so she went out into the wood and began gathering down from the asters every day she spent in the house of her brothers she kept the beds white and clean she fetched the wood and the vegetables she watched the pot on the fire and always had supper ready when they came home for a quarter of an hour each evening they would be her brothers then off they must fly again as white swans but though she made them so comfortable the princess never spoke a word to them or laughed one little laugh by moonlight and starlight she was always out gathering down no matter how lonely seemed the dark forest nor how black the shadows she was always gathering down when she had been going on like this for a long long time it happened that the king of that country went to hunting in the wood he got separated from his companions and was wandering about at nightfall all alone when whom should he see sitting up in a tree and carting her down but the beautiful maiden who art thou asked the king struck with her loveliness she answered him not a word what art thou doing up in that tree she answered him not a word he spoke to her in all the languages he knew but still she answered him never a word the king however felt a very great love for her rise in his breast so he climbed the tree brought her down cast his mantle about her set her up on the horse before him and started off towards the castle but the maiden wrung her hands and pointed back to her bags full of aster down so the king seeing she wished to have them with her returned and got them put them also up on his horse and galloped away once more when they reached the castle the king caused the maiden to be clad in rich garments and her beauty shone as bright as the morning but still not a single word would she utter her modesty and gentleness so pleased the king that he chose her for his wife and would have no other in all the world accordingly they were married but it happened that there dwelt with the king as head of his household a wicked old dame who wanted no handsome new queen in the castle to take the management out of her hands so she began at once to speak ill of her who knows where the maid can have come from she said and dumb as a doorpost too she is probably some beggar maid who has stolen the heart of the king to all this evil speaking the queen made no answer whatever no matter how cruel or untrue the words of the old woman were she never once opened her lips sometimes the king begged her to speak with loving words and endearments but though her heart longed to reply she answered never a word always she was spinning and weaving her aster down cutting and making her shirts 
Year after year went by, till at last the old woman began to whisper and tell abroad that the sweet young queen was a witch who had cast a spell over the king. Now the people could not understand the silent queen, who was always at work and would speak no word, nor stop to join in their festivities. So at last, aroused by the wicked old dame, they went to the king in a mass, proclaimed her a witch, and demanded that she be burnt at the stake. Then the king was so sad that there was no end to his sadness, for he still loved his wife very dearly, but the queen never spoke a word to save herself, so the people seized her out of the castle and dragged her off to the stake. Now when all this happened, it was the very last day of the six years during which she had neither spoken nor laughed in order to free her brothers. The six shirts were ready, all except one that wanted a sleeve. When she was dragged to the stake, the queen carried the six shirts on her arm, but just as she mounted the pile of faggots and the fire was about to be kindled, she cried out aloud, for there, through the air flying towards her, came six beautiful snow-white swans. With rushing wings they flew and dropped in a circle about her. Quickly she threw the shirts over their heads, then off dropped their swan-skins, and her brothers stood safe and sound before her. Only, as one shirt wanted the left sleeve, her youngest brother had a swan's wing instead of a left arm. While the king looked on in astonishment, the brothers and sister embraced and kissed each other. Then the queen went up to the king and said, Dearest husband, now I may dare to speak and tell you I am innocent. So she told all her tale, and the king was overjoyed, while the people fell at her feet and begged her forgiveness. As to the old dame, when the queen sent for her dearly loved father to visit her at court, it soon appeared that she was the very same wicked old witch who had forced the queen's father to marry her daughter, and taught the daughter the charm by means of which she had turned the young princes into swans. So she and her daughter were both cast on the fire, and that was the end of the witches. But the king and queen lived many years in great peace and joy with their father and six good brothers. End of section 77. Recording by Lorley.